The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate mysticism with my new friend, Mary Shannon. We go to the same church, so this is really cool to see you in another context. Mary is the author of The Only Tarot Book You Need. Did I get that name right? The Only Tarot Book You'll Ever Need. That's it. The Tarot Book You'll Ever Need. Mm -hmm. Wow. We've been going to church together for years. Mm-hmm. I had no idea you do any of this stuff. Yeah, I've been kind of in the field since probably elementary school, but practicing doing books and readings for the last decade. But I originally got into astrology as a child. I would cut out my horoscope in the paper every day and put it in my pocket and take it with me to school and see if it would come true. And I got my first astrology book probably around fourth or fifth grade. I remember I have the little name tag from my school desk as the bookmark in it. So I've been in the field for a while and practicing for about the last decade. Wow. And so was this embraced in your family? Was it talked about at school? I've come off more normal to everyday people. I went to law school. So I was a lawyer for a bit. And my spiritual side is always in kind of the background where people don't know it at first. But once you get to know me, then you see this whole other side of who I am. I like to say that I was born on a full moon. And so sun and moon oppose each other. And so you can really get two different sides of who I am. I can come off very normal, But then there's this hidden side that shows a little bit of a different aspect of that personality. Now, I would have to say that the mystical side is also normal. It truly is, in my mind, at least. Yeah, it's becoming more accepted and more mainstream lately. Well, in fact, your book, The Only Tarot Book You'll Ever Need, A Modern Guide to Card Spreads and Secrets of the Tarot, is from Simon & Schuster. 
Yeah, they have an imprint which does popular books. So Adams Media does books that are like kind of popular in the mainstream culture right then. And mm-hmm. they took on tarot. I also have the Witch's Book of Love from them. Mm-hmm. So they got into this whole metaphysical field because of the popularity and the mainstream aspect of it nowadays. Right. It is becoming so much more mainstream. And then Simon and Schuster, yes, it's an imprint, but that's one of the most mainstream publication houses you can find. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Why did you decide that you needed to write this tarot book? There's tons of them out there. Well, this one in particular, they contacted me to help kind of update one of their older books and make it modern because it's a popular field now, but their books were kind of older and used older terms and they wanted to update it for the modern tarot reader that is around nowadays. And so since I was in the field, they read my work, I believe probably in some online magazine somewhere and contacted me and I agreed to do it. It was a lot of fun to work on. Oh, that's very exciting. And I'm sure you added your own spin to it as well. Yes. And it it goes with my overall kind of theme for all my work. I have nine books and they're all in different kind of areas from like energy healing to dream interpretation, chakras and auras, everything in between. And my general theme with all of them is to take like the mystical and the woo-woo and make it understandable to the modern people, but also practical. So um, I have four books in what I call the friend to friend series. Mm -hmm. The idea of this was I would have my friends or family members would text me, oh, I had a dream. This happened. What does that mean? Or I saw this color in a meditation. What does that mean? And I would respond. But then I thought, oh, this would be good to tell the world, like instead of just responding to one of my friends about this one specific thing, what if I wrote books so that everyone could understand and wrote them in the way that I would explain to my friends. So they understood and make it practical. You know, it's good to know like what your aura color is, but how is that practical in your everyday life? So I kind of put that spin on every one of my works so that people would understand how to do the work themselves, that you don't have to be someone special or different. You can be mainstream And you can learn to read your aura or interpret your own dream or read tarot cards. Right. This stuff is very applicable to anybody. And I believe that we're all born with these gifts and these abilities, whether we use them or not. And knowing how to do this work does make just your everyday life easier. Like if, if you get a dream and you interpret it, knowing the potential of what your unconscious is thinking about or what could happen in the future helps prepare you for your next day, whatever you have coming up. Yeah, I think so too. If you've got um, some decision or some confusion that you're facing, it's helpful to draw from outside of yourself. Yeah. And it's not always easy to have someone else interpret for you. A lot of that symbolism in your dreams is personal. I found that Especially, I used to interpret dreams for free for quite some time. And it was fun for me to do, except for when I got dreams from faraway places. I could do Europe pretty well, but the Asian countries, the symbolism was so different that 
what I took for a symbol of like a snake even is very different from more of an Asian interpretation of a snake. And so the symbolism in the dream world didn't quite correspond as well. And so I could help walk people through their dream interpretation for themselves, but I couldn't do it for them. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So all of these topics you would think are very closely aligned, but they're really not. Dreams and tarot and astrology, they're the same world, but it's really not the same language, is it? They're all just different ways of understanding energy. So I kind of think of it as the difference between like a psychic, a healer, and a witch. Those are like common words people use. Yeah. And so like a psychic reads energy, a healer transfers energy through them to others, and a witch combines the vibrations of different energies and manipulates them for a given outcome. So all these different fields are just ones where you take whatever energy it is and read it in a certain way. So it's all interpreting different energies. I think that's beautiful. And you also do some channeling too, and you've got some channeled messages that you've made available. Yeah, I worked with a group of guides to channel a book. And that book is, you can purchase it, but everything is completely free for that one on the website. There's a specific one for them. And I kind of got into a different vibrational area where the realm is a little bit higher of unconscious love. And that's kind of the message that they brought through is very, you know, the real metaphysics of the world is basic. We like to complicate things because we're humans, but everything is just a very basic foundation of love. And if you go from there, you know, you can build a strong house to live in. Right. And just knowing you and your family, you all really do practice that every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big advocate of practicing what I preach, like walking the talk. So I do meditate or do contemplative prayer for 40 minutes every morning. And then I have different, you know, my three o'clock prayers and then my evening prayers. And so I do spend a lot of time in that contemplative zone, kind of communicating with the other realms, you could say, however you want to define that world. But I think that's kind of important to balance out. Our modern lives are so much distraction and spending that time to go within and seeing that inner world, I think is pretty important. And I love that you're teaching your child all of this as well. Yes, yeah. we're working on it. <laughs> it's hard to teach the children because they're more interested in other things. But, you know, you just keep plugging away, plugging away. Yeah, I think I'm learning that the best lessons come just from listening to like me and my husband talk about different topics just overhearing the dinner table conversation. That's a better lesson than me trying to actually teach something formally. Oh, yes. Well, I remember my daughter when she was very young, because I've been teaching Sunday school for a long time. And we were doing a lesson on Easter. And I said, well, and it was a miracle. Jesus came back. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, who did he come back as? <laughs> That's a perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and I thought, oh, you really have been listening when I've been talking about multiple lives and reincarnation and transformed energy. You were really listening, which we had never really had lessons about that at home. We just, it was conversation. We had that similar situation the other night at dinner where we were talking about the ringing you get in your ear sometime and how that could be like a message from beyond. And 
I was talking to my husband about that. And my daughter's like, yeah, it's simple. It's, you know, just communication with the other side. I was like, yeah, you know, that's kind of what you hear at our dinner table sometimes. (laughs) And that's what I love about our church and teaching Sunday school there is that we can make these things normal for our Mm -hmm. children, right? Right. For you being raised in that way, I mean, did your parents talk to you about the other side and receiving Uh messages and how, right? No, my parents are very normal. (laughs) I I went to like Episcopalian school and I went to private schools and it was not a very necessary, no one really said anything about the metaphysical world, but um, it was always a part of my background of my life. I remember the very first kind of like spell is what you would call it now. I, you know, you could call it like positive affirmation, but the very first spell I did was right before I went into high school, I charmed a little necklace to give me courage. And so it's always been kind of like in the background of my life as a way to get me through our modern world. No, that is wonderful. And did you have to keep it on the down low from your family? Not really. It just, I had my books. I had those medicine cards they're called like animal cards. And I call my father a organized hoarder. So he kept all those things for me. Like, so I still have them because he had them when I went away to college and everything. He just kept them for me. So so sweet. Yeah. Right. That we, you feel like that's cherished in a way. Mm -hmm. And they understood that. Yeah. It's wonderful. And then I remember when going to school in the Shawnee Mission School District here in Kansas City, and you did not talk about this stuff because that made you weird. Was that your experience as well? I can come off as normal, but I was always a little bit not normal because I had cats and I showed those cats. So I was oh, not wait, like in cat shows at the Royal. I took my cats to cat. I had friends that were over 50, you know, across the country that I'd see at cat shows. So I was already a little bit different. So it wasn't like that weird that I had this metaphysical streak going on too. And I went to like smaller schools. So they ended up being much more accepting than like a public school would have been. Oh, yeah. Well, I was so surprised. I went to my 40th high school reunion recently, and I found out that there were a lot more people into this stuff now than there have been. And it has gotten popular. I've noticed that one of the girls from my high school, I know she follows your your Facebook page. I was like, oh, look, she's following your Facebook page. And I've reconnected with her recently. And she's definitely into this, you know, the more holistic world. I was like, oh, Welcome to my space. You know, this is this is where I am too. Right. Yeah, I've been here for a long time. Let me show you around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you really are into so many different aspects of this. I mean, I'm looking at your book list and this is just so impressive. You've got the Friend to Friend series, of mm-hmm. course, energy healing, mm-hmm. psychic development, dream interpretation, chakras and auras, you know, the energy system, bibliomancy, spirit guides. I mean, wow. I had no idea, Mary. And Witch's Book of Love. That's, oh, let me talk to me about the Witch's Book of Love because that's interesting. 
I don't want to take too much of your time, but I would like to ask you a few simple favors. First of all, please rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. You know, it sounds like a simple little thing, and it is, but it has a huge impact for us because it helps other people find us in the podcasting algorithms. I don't know how it works, but I do know that it helps a lot. Next, if you would subscribe or follow wherever you're listening, whether that's YouTube or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you're listening, just hit subscribe or follow and that helps you and it helps us. It helps you because then you receive notifications when we have a new episode that's out. It helps us because again, algorithm, magic, I don't know what happens but it helps. And then finally, you can support our podcast in a tangible way by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast, and then click on support the show. Now we have a new feature too. We are now on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. You can also find the link to Patreon when you go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast. So on Patreon, for $3 a month or $5 a month, you can support your metaphysical and spiritual growth. You can learn about upcoming guests, and you can get early and ad-free versions of the shows. So please support us. This podcast is free for you to listen, but we have costs, and quite frankly, they come out of my pocket. So if you like this content, if you get a lot out of it, please see what you can do to give back. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's another one of those Simon and Schuster. Hey, this area is popular. Let's get a book out there. And it's basically like entry level into different energy, like psychic development, things like numerology, palmistry, and then a little bit of spellcraft. But that was kind of another one of those fun ones to work on where you just kind of, I revamped their entire numerology system to my kind of numerology. So that was a fun one to do. How is your numerology different than Simon and Schuster's numerology? Theirs was weird. I don't know what system they used, but I did not correspond to my normal numerology system. Mine is probably whatever yours is. Mine is the standard Western. One means new beginnings. Two are relationships and harmony, you know, that kind of thing. Theirs was not that. And so I don't know what kind of books they were working from beforehand, but um, it wasn't our, what I would consider a modern Western slant on numerology, but also, you know, everything it's energy. So you can have your own interpretation of it. So in all my books, I always say, this is what my opinion is, but try it out for yourself because yours might be different. I think that's important. Yeah, when I teach classes on the energy system and animal communication, et cetera, I always say, you know, you're going to find conflicting information out there. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. So just go with what resonates for you and stick with that author, that website, that blog. Yeah. Something that works for you, stick with that. So it's not confusing because I get confused calls all the time. And you get that a lot with crystals are really popular nowadays. And there's so many different opinions. And you kind of just want to say, hold it for yourself and decide. But people wouldn't want someone to tell them what it means. So I think finding one author is a good idea or one website is a good idea. But I don't like that crystals are popular because they are really expensive now. And <laughs> I liked it when they were much cheaper. 
Well, and I find that I have to clear them so much more because they have picked up so much because they're just in all kinds of different hands and things. I no longer buy crystals from stores. I only get them from gem and mineral shows nowadays. And I prefer if you can talk to the people who actually dig them up and get them. That's the best crystals I've ever gotten are found that way. Same. Yes. Know your source. Exactly. I interviewed Thomas Fries a while back. He does things with wood. And so he'll make amulets and charms and spoons and all types of things with wood. But I had no idea different types of wood are like different types of crystals. They have different energies, different tree spirits. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool too. It's like everything has its own vibration and it's just learning how to interpret those for yourself and which ones feel good to you personally and which ones don't. And a lot of that, I think, aligns to your personal tone of resonance and what some people, they work well with like reds and yellows and some work better with blues and greens. And I think trees or crystals, they all fall into different vibrational spectrum. Yeah. Find what works for you. Honestly, what feels good, what feels right. Yeah, exactly. It's that taking that mystical and making it mine, you know? And what I like to do is make it practical. So, you know, actually, if you're going to buy that crystal, let's actually use that crystal and not have it just sit on your shelf all the time. And what do you actually do with it once you have it? Mm -hmm. My energy healing book came about because I'm a big advocate of people learning that they can do it themselves. Yes, you can come to me and I can help you through it, but it's going to work so much better if you just do it yourself. And I used to do readings. I stopped doing readings in February of this year, kind of went to a different vibrational realm that I've been working in recently. But before that, I did a lot of chakra and aura readings, and I would come across people who had tears and holes. And instead of fixing them right away for people, I would give them what their spirit guides said they needed to do and kind of empower them that this may come up again, but hold your hand this way, breathe. This is a word that they recommend you using, that kind of thing to kind of empower people themselves instead of having to depend on people. And since this world's so mainstream, you don't know who to trust anymore. You can come across a lot of people that aren't actually as attuned to the world as they could be. Mm -hmm. Well, and also I think it just means more when you can do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're going to make some discoveries Mm -hmm. that an external person can't. Mm -hmm. But I also fully believe that sometimes, yes, you can do it yourself, just like you can cut your own hair, but sometimes it's better when somebody else can do it for you. You can hem your own skirt too, but usually it goes better if someone else helps you with that. Mm-hmm. But there are occasions when that is warranted and when it's best to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I am a huge introvert with sensitive energy. So I'm always very careful when I let people into my energetic field. And I have found that for people like me, sometimes having other people's energy, it's more rough than helpful. So I found telling people, I have a very like blue aura is my main color. And so having people with rough auras near me that aren't quite that same consistency can be an issue. Yeah, you really do have to protect and shield and clear yourself a lot in this field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did that work when you were a lawyer? 
I was only a lawyer for like two years and then a little bit another time. I didn't actually want to be a lawyer. I just go to school and you're like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And all I know is you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a businessman. And my mother was a lawyer. So I said, oh, I'll do that. And I was pre-accepted to the law school. So I was like, oh, I'll just go to law school. I was really good at school. So I love information. So I can school like no one else. I can get good grades. I can write papers. I can do tests. I'm really good at that. So I was just, I'd go into that. I was like, oh, I'll go to law school and see how that is. How hard could that be? Yeah, did that. Not that much fun. I wrote a book of poetry in law school. That was like my way to get through it. Made a lot of really ugly paintings. You have to do your own thing to get through that kind of world, but. That's your outlet. Yeah. Would you say, you know, you weren't getting yourself out of your studies. You pour yourself into other things. Exactly. Right. So, you know, that is a pretty mundane field is law. So I can imagine that it wasn't a great fit for you. No, not at all. And we moved around a lot. And with the law, you have to take a bar exam everywhere you went. So after my second bar exam, I was like, ah, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done taking these bar exams. They're kind of boring. So I focused more on the metaphysical field. There was at one point we were in Wisconsin and in the morning I would study for the bar exam and watch Perry Mason. And in the afternoon, I would work on like my psychic development and watch the ghost whisperer. So I had like my TV shows and my different studies for each period of the day. So that goes along with my full moon personality is the two different sides. The yin and the yang. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, speaking of school and being good at school, you've got some mad chops. I mean, you've really studied with some big names. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you need courses in this field, but sometimes I think it's helpful. And I did mediumship training with the James Von Prague School. And then I learned through that, that I can do mediumship, but I don't have the human personality to do mediumship readings, meaning I'm not a very sensitive person. I don't speak in terms of death in a socially appropriate way. So I'm not caring enough. I could say that. It was an interesting foray into mediumship, but I think the best mediums are really caring people and ones that know how to hold a conversation with another person in a very compassionate manner. And I knew that my personality is not that. And so I did not feel that it was great going into that field, but it's the field of mediumship. It's just tuning to a different frequency field. Exactly. It's just one flavor of the spectrum, right? I always believe that no education is ever wasted. Right. And my favorite like frequency is spirit guides. It's kind of the one that I attune to the easiest. So it's a little bit different than mediumship. But recently, since about February, I say I tuned to another different channel. And it's more of the, what you may call like the divine realm is what I've been working on for the past, I don't know how long, seven months, almost eight months now. And just exploring that realm and kind of feeling it out. And so that's one of the reasons I actually closed on my readings is because I was flipping channels so much, exploring this other realm, and then going back to spirit guide readings and going back and forth. And it was like whiplash. So I'm kind of exploring this other realm and finding out what is in it and how to kind of communicate with that. And that is your guides. How do you pronounce it? Sia? 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 
Mm-hmm. That it's not that it's even a different realm. It's more of just kind of divinity itself. I would say, like in our Western perspective, it would be more of like interacting with the Jesus, Mary type figures. But that's just like the Western names for it. So that kind of energy that's available in that liminal realm of the divinity. So it's been an interesting journey in that realm of getting lost and then finding yourself again. And I've been enjoying it. I can imagine because there's nothing like the feeling of sitting in that energy. Exactly. It is amazing. You know, and I do readings for people and I work with people. I'm a Reiki master and hypnotherapist and everything working with people. And I'll do fairs sometimes and just to be in that energy. And people ask, isn't it exhausting? You know, what's exhausting are the people. Exactly. Being with spirit is invigorating. Yeah, you get more energy from that. Right. So it's kind of this weird wired slash tired feeling. Yeah. When I did readings, maybe 90% of my readings were PDF. I'll send it to you when I send it to you. (laughs) I did not do Zoom. I did a few in person, but mainly it was, I'm going to take your question and I'm going to go and have my own time with spirit. And then I'll send you it later because my people skills are not what they could be. Now that's how I do animal communication. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much easier that way. Yes. Very much so. Oh, very much so. But it's so good to know all this background about you because you do have such a varied and interesting background. Oh, I almost forgot. You did study with the Melissa Virtue as well. Yeah. I did her dream interpretation workshop. She is. She's so nice. Oh, but that was a fun class. Now, I didn't notice any books on dreams. Am I mistaking? Yeah, it's in the Friend of Friends series. I have a dream interpretation book. Yep. Yeah. Dream interpretation, a practical guide to understanding your dreams. That is, oh, that's always going to be interesting. I mean, people always are going to have questions about that. Yeah. And I find that dreams is a good in-between for people who aren't into the metaphysical realm. Like here, like my in-laws will tell us about their dreams and I'll be like, oh, I know what that means. I'm not going to tell you what that means, but thank you for giving me some personal insight into what's going on in your unconscious. But it's a, it's a good, you know, in between where people, even people who are not in the metaphysical realm, they know that that dream means something, even though they don't necessarily know what it means. And they may not think of it as having a metaphysical meaning. Right. And as, as a psychological meaning or an mm-hmm. unconscious meaning. Exactly. Yeah. Much young, Carl Jung. Yeah. Um, I dipped my toes, but I always dip them back out because I sometimes with the way my mind works, I get too into the intellectual. And I feel like sometimes with him, like you can read his book and I need to not get too intellectual. I love books. I read classics for fun. I'm reading Proust right now for fun. So I have to be careful not to do too much in this realm because it's so much more of an experience sometimes. And when you take in too much outside information, I feel like it can sway you one way or the other. I see. I see. Yeah. What I love about him is the archetypes because I do believe there is something to that. And even in the hypnosis work that I do, I find many, many archetypes. It feels like the Enneagrams are becoming popular right now. And a lot of those I almost see as archetypes. 
And I see how they, there can be a little bit of a transition between the two. And it almost feels like the Enneagrams are the modern version of the archetypes that people are latching onto nowadays. Is that going to be the next field you dive into as Enneagrams? No, not at all. <laughs> have you done much with human design? I have looked into it and I have become skeptical. Yeah, I understand where it's coming from. But I'm like, oh, you know, you could just do astrology for this. So I'm too skeptical for human design, but I appreciate the people who do do it. True. Yeah. The ones who are versed in it, they pull some things out that I think is pretty, pretty interesting. And a lot of these things, they're just a system and you use them as a starting point for your intuition. And I think like, that's what tarot cards are. They're just pieces of paper, right? But you can use them as a starting block for your intuition to go wherever it needs to go. And I think human design is absolutely the same way as you're going to get a set of information, but your intuition will tell you what that actually means. Yes, I totally agree. And, you know, I honestly, I don't do tarot. Mm -hmm. I do Oracle cards for the same, yeah. same reason. It's a jumping off point for your intuition. It kind of kickstarts it in a way. Mm -hmm. it gives direction, but Tarot, my goodness, it takes years of study. Mm -hmm. Well, the best advice I've ever heard is that you get one book, the only tarot book you ever need, great book. You <laughs> read that and then you put it away because really to understand the cards, it helps to use them yourself. And the more you use them, the more you put your own interpretations on them. So I have like different interpretations than standard ones for certain cards. My favorite example is the Five of Pentacles. It's a card of these two people outside a church and it's snowing and they look like they're homeless, they're miserable. But my interpretation that I've been given is that that snow represents love. Mm -hmm. And so even though when you're in these times of distress and you're in the cold and you feel like the world's against you, there's that snow all around you. There's that love all around you. But that definition is not in any tarot book ever. You know, that's just something that I picked up from my intuition doing a lot of readings. And that's what the card means for me. Right. And then that's going to inform the cards that are around it and cards that are in that spread. And exactly. I mean, it goes back to you find the author, the blog, the website that makes the most sense to you and you stick with that. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need to go too many places. Right. Because it can be confusing. There's a lot of conflicting information out there. Mm -hmm. There is. And the more mainstream it gets, I've been in this long enough that you see people get really popular on Instagram or YouTube and they'll have so many views and then the next year they're gone. And you're like, oh yeah, what happened to that person that everyone was saying was great? You know, I was jealous of them for a second. Why was I jealous of them? They're not around anymore. And our social media nowadays, yeah. it just comes and goes so fast that you kind of have to be wary of who you trust and who you think is actually in this field for the right reason. Well, and I hear from clients and just people in the community about this or that, reincarnation and auras and check, and I'm like, where did you hear that? Exactly. I've never heard of that. Yeah, exactly. It makes you worried. It does. I'm like, who is going around saying this stuff? Mm -hmm. Maybe they learned it on TikTok, you know. Right. A yeah. lot of stuff is out there on TikTok. We have to use our discretion. Exactly. 
Russian with everything. You know, and I did want to ask you, Mary, your website, sevencupsmystic.com. I know there's got to be a story behind Seven Cups. Well, I asked my guides what my name should be. I used to be called a long time ago, I used to be called Naptime Mystic because I would do all my work when my daughter took her naps. Right. And that was the main time I would do it. But then I was like, you know what? She's not going to take naps forever. That doesn't really work. And so I asked my guides, you know, what should it be? And I got seven cups. And seven cups is a tarot card where a person is looking at seven different cups with different things in it. And kind of the confusion, there's clouds in the image and the confusion that can come with all these different decisions in front of which one are you going to choose? And so my work is always helping people decide, oh, which of these cups is the right one for them? Which vibration is the one that they should move towards? I love that, right? Choices, choices, decisions, decisions, decisions. No, that makes perfect sense. I knew there had to be a story from the tarot, of course. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you feel like we haven't covered, haven't talked about that you feel is important for your work or your story? I think we've kind of hit on everything. I mean, I have nine books out there. So if anyone's interested in a variety of fields, I probably have something on that. I feel like you do. And where can we find your books? You can, of course, find them on Amazon, but you can go to my website, sevencupsmystic.com, and there's links to all of them there. Yeah, absolutely. And you say you no longer meet individually with clients? No, not anymore. I'm in this other realm. It's hard to go back and forth to do individual readings. And I think this is, I'm at a pivot point where I'm going into this realm and exploring. And I feel like there's a book there. That's probably where the next world of my book is going to be once I get really comfortable there. Yes. And it looks like there's a start to the book as well, these channeled messages. And I should mention, you do have a podcast too. Mm -hmm. It's just for the channeled messages. Yes. Yes. And would you like to say a few words about that and where we can find it? You can go to the words of C.com, S E A. And Mm -hmm. you can also just find the link on my main website. And it has everything that is channeled from there. And it's a complete book. You can buy the book as well, or everything's available for free from them. That was pretty clear to begin with. It's free, everyone can access it, and there shouldn't be a money issue to get to it. That's beautiful. And that is makes so much sense. And I'm looking at the podcast now. This is on Spotify and it's also on anchor.fm. And it's like there are 45 episodes, messages. There might be. I I don't even remember anymore. Yeah. It's every one of them. And it's all written up on that website too. Yeah. This is beautiful work. You know, channeling spirit is very rewarding and it always always goes back to love. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really interesting and fun getting to know somebody who I see every week at church. Had no idea, but you're doing some fascinating and beautiful things. I can't wait to see what comes out of C. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being.
to learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.